This is the podcast for July 9th, 2010. It's not safe for work. It's the Blue Gal and Dishcloth Podcast. You got big linky love this this morning or this afternoon or whenever it was. I did. I, I came back from you know committing the various treasons and crimes which I commit against the state every day. <laughs> uh, I was out and about today in the beautiful city of Chicago and came back to a, to a commenter who said, "Dude, you're mentioned <laughs> James Walcott over at Vanity Fair." And James Walcott has been very kind to me in the, in the yes. past. He, I was going to say had, again. Yeah, yes. <clears throat> he's put a couple of links my way. This is Vanity Fair magazine, and I I respect. Mr. Walcott's writing enormously. He was a great big fan of Steve Gilliard. He really, you know, threw me a big one today. He uh, quoted a lot of of a column of mine. You have no idea how many yards of yeah. paper yep. that my mom has now printed out, <laughs> us, and had to buy new refrigerators. Yes, just right. To just put, she had to buy a new refrigerator just to paste it up there. Yeah. So yes, good and, for as as the email I sent to the editor said, Mr. Walcott didn't just help me; he helped the entire appliance industry. <laughs> He's putting America to work. James Walcott is putting America to work. One, refri- one mom's refrigerator at a time. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Well, anyway, so thank you, James Walcott. Thank you, James Walcott, for recognizing talent. I Speaking of recognizing talent, yeah. I don't know how to put this. I'm going to be appearing on a live radio show this weekend. Uh-huh. Other uh, than this award-winning podcast? Other yeah. than this podcast. Have we won an award? Well, I'm I'm working on one. My mom's working on one. No, your mom is going yeah. to... It'll be called the potty. I know it'll be called the that. The potty. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to be on uh, Kink on Tap, which oh, is... Yeah. Yes. It's a... Uh, Kink yeah. on Tap is a live radio show uh, hosted by two people, Maymay and Emma. They run it off of the inter- this thing called the Internet. Yes, I've heard of it. And uh, it's... I, I was there last week as a uh, audience member. It's a fascinating way they have it set up. They have uh, stream TV set up for both of them, so you can actually see them on the screen. Yeah. Uh, and then they have right next to that on the on the computer screen a chat room where people can type in questions uh, to their guest. And makes, it makes our tin cans and two hundred really miles of string does. really it, cheap. Yeah, but. I mean it's it's. It's advanced and it's live, and then it they take their two hour show and podcast it, okay, for people to listen to throughout the weeks. Well, and and it's a lively, intelligent discussion about issues related to sexuality. Uh, all right. This well, let me let me just say, Blue Gal, mm-hmm. that all of our male fans will kill me <laughs> if, if I don't ask <laughs> the obvious and burning question. <laughs> What you gonna be talking about on Kink on Tap, there, Blue Gal? <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose. And no small percentage of our female listeners too. I'm. Oh well, have. you know, my my personal kink is privacy. Freak. <laughs> what a freak I am. You will never survive the 21st century. No, I Blue know, Gal. I know. Yeah. But last week when I was in the audience, they had a guest on, and and the co- topics of conversation were things like zoning for uh, sex shops that there oh. were. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought that was something interesting that teenagers were doing. Oh, the, their zoning, you know, on their phoning. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling you know, it these sexting days? Sexting and zoning, yes. 
Uh, and then the other topic was the male birth control pill, which, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. I typed in, unless it can make men menstruate, it's bullshit. <laughs> oh, you so, mean so it's like an adult conversation? It's about- an adult conversation about issues relating to, you know, sexuality, um, which there's very few issues actually that don't relate in some way. Okay. These days, I think. You know. I've got to ask the question that all of our land use experts are going to kill me if I don't ask. Mm-hmm. What in the world does kink on tap have to do with zoning? Well, they they were discussing a uh, new law. I don't know where it was, St. Louis or someplace, about zoning for sex shops. Oh, okay. And, all right. Uh, you know, it can't be near a school or it can't be near this or it can't be near that. And, and Maymay, who's one of the hosts, and he's uh, in his 20s took the attitude that, you know, if we were more accepting of sex workers and more accepting of sexuality in general, you know, a, a tasteful sex shop could be anywhere. And That's true. those of us who are older, <laughs> the guest was an older gentleman. Um, uh, and when I say older, older than, than in his 20s. And, and he, he took a different tact, although he was just as sexually and politically liberal and progressive as, as anyone there. But okay. did not want a sex shop next to his condominium building because it lowers mm-hmm. property values. Property and, values. And, yeah. you know, there's... there's And hence the zoning connection. Hence the zoning connection. It's and, a blue law. And it's yet a, it's, it is. And, and also, you know, then, then there's a question of, uh, I guess, in this particular law that they were discussing, how many sexually related businesses could be within a radius of another because this particular community was interested in uh, preventing a red light district from forming. So they had zoning laws about if you are a sexually themed nightclub or or sex shop or, you know, anything else um, along those lines, there was then a 2,000 feet rule that the, the doorway of another shop could not be within 2,000 feet of that existing shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have that kind of zoning. They're desperate for that kind of zoning in Springfield for um, check cashing places because uh, that, seems to be the only business op- that seems to be yeah. the only businesses opening in yeah. town or, you know, payday loans. So, Well, you can really, just apropos of nothing but uh, but history, I suppose, Mm -hmm. you can really tell what sort of activities communities fear Mm -hmm. growing Mm -hmm. from those kinds of laws, I suppose. A a generation ago. It's a for social historians. It really is, yeah. Well, the the suburb I spent a lot of time in, I, I more or less grew up in, but I grew up in a lot of different places, but one of the ones I spent a lot of time in, infamously, uh, the city council kept a map of where all the black families lived. Wow. And they, it was not necessarily a redlining policy, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a matter of let's keep them separated. Mm-hmm. Don't let them cluster. Don't let two or three black families live near each other because mm. that would be bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and the, the arguments were remarkably similar. It was property values. It mm-hmm. was not, it's not that we, are, you know, we're not going to argue on moral grounds. We're going to argue on terms of, um, of private property and monetary grounds. And, you know, it's, that's a, it's an ancient argument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, the mm-hmm. enemy of the people, the, uh, is it Ibsen? I think Ibsen play, where you have the town fathers who have a spa. Mm-hmm. And that's the central source of the um, town's prosperity. And it turns out the spa is poison. Yeah. And the person who discovers the, the, that it's poison is not greeted as a liberator by the, right. by the town fathers. It's right. shut up. 
Shut up. You know, don't you understand our prosperity depends on this particular social template and anything that disrupts it is unacceptable. Yep. Kink on Tap will be at kinkontap.com Sunday the 11th of July uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. I will be tuning in. Well, thank you. And yeah, I'll be on for two hours and there'll be lots of topics being brought up and drop a few names of other bloggers out there. And so it'll be fun. Well, and I've I've noticed, and I know that we've mentioned this before, that when it comes to human sexuality and all of its many many divergent, interesting um, subsets and topics like zoning and morality and mm-hmm. and birth control mm-hmm. and so forth, mm-hmm. women's rights, feminism, <laughs> right. yep. Um, some of the best writing out there are people who find an intersection of that activity with their political, their public and private life, right. And not not just because they want to talk about you know what what their girlfriend and boyfriend did last night. Right. Although there's the internet has plenty of room for that, <laughs> and as but as well as people should. that do that sort of thing also te- also oftentimes are very good writers. As everyone knows, the the, the finest and most advanced sex organ is the brain. Brain exactly. Intelligence mm-hmm. is an aphrodisiac. We were going to talk tonight about taking the summer off, <laughs> which we are not doing. <laughs> we're not going to do. But I posted today about an article uh, written by a guy named Wayne Williams, who had a very, he wrote it at LA Progressive, and it's a very good survey of the rage that progressives are feeling about the corporatization of America. Mm -hmm. And how not only is the right wing completely whoring itself out to corporatism, but uh, he's very furious and angry with the Democratic Party as well. As well he should be. As well he should be. And his argument after he uh, spent a paragraph or two talking about be the change that you want to be in the world, you know, and, and do whatever you can to make small changes in your own life to make a difference. And that's very stuff, important. Stuff we can all agree with. Right. Sure. He said, but, you know, maybe we need to bring these Democrats around. Also have, agreed. But his suggestion is to have a summer of silence. <laughs> and make and make yes. make the Democratic establishment wonder if we'll be there for them in November. If we're just so quiet that they wonder whether we've just left politics altogether. Wow. And <laughs> they will fear our inertia. <laughs> yeah. As one of my she- commenters said, you know, I remember during the <laughs> AIDS activism, silence equals death. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I don't have any problem. We've talked about this before, too. I don't have any problem with someone recharging their batteries or saying, oh, look. Heck, hell no. And especially no. at a time like this when everyone is just so stressed out. There's mm-hmm. the economy, the oil leak, the, you know. And and on the other side, right now, it just seems like it's performance art in the bizarre and ridiculous in terms of Glenn Beck pretending he's Martin Luther King and, you know. Can I read you a quick quote, Flojo? Sure. It's not from me. It's from Octo- Octavio Paz, ah. um, the artist Octavio Paz. But I'd like you to imagine, if you will, I just came across this today, and it's right, it's literally in front of me, bookmarked, and, and I cannot help myself but grab my book. And because I'm, I'm going to steal this quote outright and stick it in, in my blog. But um, in terms of the other side, you know, being performance art, mm-hmm. yes, being literally nothing but negation, no, no, no to everything. Yeah. Doesn't matter how rational it is. Doesn't doesn't even matter how conservative you are. You know, if you just if you if you make any nod in the direction of, of behaving like a responsible adult. And if you don't just say burn everything down and destroy everything, mm-hmm. then you're too liberal. 
for yeah. the right yeah. as it is currently constituted. And Octavio Paz said this about modern art. But I ask you to use your imagination, the theater of the mind, Blue Gal. <laughs> use your imagination to substitute the word conservatism for uh, modern art in this quote. And it says, today, modern art is beginning to lose its power of negation. For some years now, its rejections have become ritual repetitions. Rebellion mm-hmm. has turned into procedure, criticism into rhetoric, transgression into ceremony. Mm-hmm. Negation is no longer creative. And I couldn't wow. have put it better myself wow. uh, if I tried for a hundred years to describe the. And the problem is that in art, you are trying to be creative. You're always trying to do something. You're trying to build or create, or even if it's knocking things down to build. Right. But in politics, you don't. The, the object is power, not creation. Yeah. And and negation is a really effective strategy if you're willing to just not. Just stand, as I've, as I've written before, if you're willing to stand on the overpass of history and lob cinder blocks into traffic, yes, yeah. and no grown-up is going to stop you, that's a really effective way. You can bring the whole system down doing that. You, you, can, you can crash the system, but what are you going to put in its place? And the answer is, you know, Sarah Palin. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the other side of the argument. And, and so this, this suggestion that we you know, have a summer of silence, I, you know, I just, I can't think of anything stillier than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, well, first of all, organizing bloggers, you know, I, I said on my blog, yeah. see herding cats. You know, we talk about that <laughs> immense yeah. all the time, right? The herding cats motif. You can't do yeah. that. You can't organize bloggers to do anything, basically. But certainly well, being I, silent is not one of our strong no. suits. <laughs> so, but what's, but everybody wants to take constructive action even if it's a small thing yeah. and in the absence of absence of the ability to take constructive action it destroys morale mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta believe you're doing something even if it's incremental even mm-hmm. if it's just a little thing you gotta believe you're doing something you know, to move the argument forward and uh i put up a post this evening about andrew sullivan mm-hmm. who wants to know you know when when are those when are when are some conser- responsible conservatives and republicans going to disavow that I, the racist, you know, bigoted gas bag, I believe, refers to him as mm-hmm. Rush Limbaugh. You know, my take was really simple, which is, you know, where the hell have you been for 30 years? Yeah, yeah. Rush Limbaugh is the absolute end of the road that you guys have been traveling for my entire life. Mm-hmm. And you've blown through stop sign after stop sign as people tried to tell you the devil will come for his due one day, my friend. No, no, no. These are just entertainers or they're just crackpots or they're just useful idiots. And they didn't listen. And now, you know, the judgment day has come. Yeah, but you know, and, I think one of the things that happened with with the election of Barack Obama is that, you know, I keep using this analogy of the zip popping, but so mm-hmm. much insanity has erupted on the right that mm-hmm. the exposure of that is at a much higher level that even someone like Andrew Sullivan is noticing yeah. publicly. <laughs> is gosh, wow, it's so bad. Andrew oh my Sullivan. gosh, it's even so bad. <laughs> So bad that public intellectual Andrew Sullivan has noticed that everyone he ever hung out with his entire life is fucking crazy. Crazy, exactly. Wow. I hate to look at the salutary, the salutary effects of worldwide depression, but mm-hmm. there, there was an article, and I, uh, I didn't bookmark it. I'm sorry, but there was an article in one of the magazines I was reading over the week about incremental things that homemakers can do to make mm-hmm. a better world. And this woman uh, was was writing this, you know, she was given this assignment and freelance of 10 things that a homemaker can do to make the world a better place or the home caretaker can do. And she instead wrote this article about writing the article. 
And mm-hmm. one of the yeah. things that comes up, comes up over and over again in what can you do around the house to save energy is hang your laundry. Mm-hmm. Don't use your electric dryer. Don't use your gas dryer. Uh, drying clothes that way is inefficient. When, especially right. in the summer, when it's 90 Hang degrees on. outside and you Hang can hang your sheet and it's dry in 10 minutes, you know. Sure, yeah. And she had given a talk at some library somewhere or something about doing this, that this mm-hmm. was one of the things that you could do. And it was part of Green Week or whatever, and, you know, there are all these library patrons there. And someone raised their hand and said, well, you know, that's fine for poor people, but what about people in my community? And... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what the sun don't shine where you're at. Yeah. But no, no, well, I, no I, and, I but but here was yeah. the point that this guy made. Oh, well, you know, my my homeowners association won't. We have to sign a Absolutely contract. Absolutely right. Yep. You can't yep. hang laundry out because that lowers property oh. values to have la- laundry hanging on the line. And so mm-hmm. we have this. And and what I want to know is. What does it do to property values when four out of ten homes in your gated community are abandoned <laughs> and in foreclosure? Yeah. You know, at what point do you, when you're boomtown and you're, you know, this perfect little community that you've set up where everything has crown molding, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's your definition of of success. Over uh, in Stepford, where you yeah, all live, yeah. yeah. What happens when it's half hobo camp? How's yeah. it, how's it working out for you? Right, right. And how bad does it have to get until we finally say, you know, homeowners association rules hurt us as mm-hmm. a as an ecology? Well, you, yeah. I think you've you've embedded you cleverly embedded the answer to the question in the question, <laughs> which is you have to hit them in the pocketbook. Yep. You have yep. to make it. Nothing moves people more, you know, more efficiently yep. and in a sprightly manner mm-hmm. than than when their economic interests are at stake. Yep. Um, as as a one of the member of the newly unemployed, I will tell you, it does focus my attention. I have focus a lot your more attention in, on the job market. Very. Yeah. Very tightly. Specifically, yes, yeah. And yeah. and so I have a I have a commenter who uh, I'd like to I, it's an anonymous commenter, but who's who was complaining. I think I love stealing from anonymous commenters. I do, I do. <laughs> anonymous payback. commenter on the internet payback disagrees with me. <laughs> if you wanted but, credit, but, you should have spoken yeah. up. <laughs> Dude, give your oh I, no, it's Mac. I'm sorry, I oh, stand okay. corrected. Mac, just not in the traditional blogger way, but thought mm-hmm. there's a hyphen at the end. Mac. Who wants to know how do we get people off the sofa in some meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this person uh, is um, there are continual protests outside their office by crazy right wing bloggers during healthcare debate, and never one single liberal post is in support. Um, this person saying, "I keep thinking if this were France, people would be in the streets uh, about how we're being screwed by Wall Street and BP, etc." Mm-hmm. And nothing. And it goes on to that effect. And there's there's a lot of merit in that discussion. But I, I keep coming back to the fact that there were a skajillion people in the streets during during the Iraq war, during the Bush administration. Yeah. And the TV cameras simply refused to cover them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a fact. Um, there were hundreds of thousands of people at Bush's second inaugural. Turn your TV back on Bush was a big movement. Absolutely. It was, was huge. And, and, and I remember one panning shot. From one camera, I, I might be exaggerating, but that was just about it. Yeah. On the other hand, you put you know five hundred people who just scraped the Bush Cheney stickers off their SUVs into yeah. a bunch of tri-corner hats with with uh, tea bags on them, mm-hmm. screaming about deficits when they were fucking absolutely silent about it for for their and entire are still life. in favor of a tax cut. 
I mean, yeah. that's the thing. You can't do basic arithmetic no, without taking exactly. shoes off. Oh, no. They want, they, they're worried about the deficit, but they want a tax cut. Really? For but, the rich. But, but <laughs> cut, cut, some of the, cut some of that damn program. Well, what exactly? And they all can always come up with something that will save, you know, point uh, a rounding error of or, a fraction. Or blaming the teachers' percent. unions. It's always the, a good time to, to blame the unions and hippies for, mm-hmm, for all your mm-hmm, problems. Mm-hmm. But But you put... 50 of those people at a Ramada, and suddenly it's a movement. Yeah. Let's face it, those wacky Frenchmen turning over cars and setting fire to them, you know, those wacky Canadians at the G20, you know, that makes the news because, look, you know, those are those crazy hippies in Europe and Canada. You know, we're a civilized country. We don't do that sort of thing. And the question is, is did it move public policy? And the Tea Party people did move public policy by scaring the crap out of the right. Yep. They, because the the writer the writer basically you know stupid frightened people well, led by stupid frightened men. We wasted a year yes. on health care reform, getting the most watered down conservative health care reform that could come out of the Congress, and it's because, a miracle it came out of the Congress. Because I'm the president of the United States thought, kept thinking he could compromise the people who told him to his face, "I'm never going to compromise with you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he kept giving well, shit even, away. And, and to God. this day, it's Obamacare and it's evil. It's Obamacare right. and it's evil. And it's so, but but uh, but given that, the the question is sort of how do you make protests effective? One of the things we were talking about during our pregame was, you know, what if there's a protest and it never shows up on television? Does it actually happen? It's the tree falling in the forest. It's, yes. it's the perfect sort of yeah. you know, it's the Schrodinger's cat yep. with you know with yep. the protest. If, mm-hmm. if you never see it, did it ever happen? Mm-hmm. History has a protest has a long and noble history, but. I remember reading articles about about Vietnam, uh, the protests of the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. where you had people in suits and ties and their Sunday best walking down the street mm-hmm. in their, in, by the hundreds of thousands. And the press would always find the hundred hippies in the corner and yeah. film them over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And all of those clean-cut, well-spoken people were didn't exist. Well, because and when, when Martin Luther King crossed the bridge in Selma for the second time, who was standing mm-hmm. next to him but a bunch of nuns and priests? Damn White right. nuns. I'm right. You know, that's who you put up front. The reason the reason you stayed clean for Gene mm-hmm. in the in you know for for Gene McCarthy was so that you would there would be no angle to discredit what you were saying by the length of your hair or the shirt you were wearing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the civil rights protest is is a perfect example. Oh, Nobody yeah. Sunday best, frankly, absolutely. Nobody gave a shit that blacks were being lynched or kids were being fire hosed. Until it appeared on television, mm-hmm. until white kids got killed in the South. I was going to say, until, since the white Jewish kids got killed in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and also the New York Times is paying crisis. attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. New, York, New Yorkers are – white mm-hmm. New Yorker kids what? are getting killed in Mississippi. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> you mean in this day and age? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's and it's never stopped. It's always been that way. And when the protests started affecting white businesses. Yep, yep. I started hitting them in the, t- in the pocketbook. So – you know, I will go. I'll go in a march. I'll stand in a rally. I'll wave a sign. But there have been protests for immigration. There have been protests Huge by ones. unions, yeah, yeah. and they just don't get covered because. And this is and this is where. So you have to. I think you have to analyze the issue, the issue from what is the f- effective way of moving policy. And clearly, given the way the media operates, there's no way if you're a liberal unless you can mount a million people. Mm-hmm. In a sustained screaming match somewhere in a in a big brightly lit place like D.C., the press is not going to pay any attention right. to you at all. Right. And and I think part of the problem is we we kind of know that. 
You know, we well, accept and, you the know, fact this week it's been really hot in Washington, D.C. and New York City, which means that's the most important story in the entire world. Think <laughs> of the, the quote-unquote protest or the quote-unquote mm-hmm. speech that's been commanding attention for the last you know, three weeks. It's Glenn Beck, yeah. crazy-ass, proto-fascist, bigoted freak Glenn Beck. A conspiracy theory who's, who wants to appropriate Martin Luther King's the day and time and location of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. That's the only gathering that has any attention. And why? Because it's noble? No. Because it's a good cause? No. Because Glenn Beck is on fucking television. Yep. That's why. Yep. And that's, you know, remember the speech from um, Network? Yes. I'm where Ned Beatty is explaining to um, uh, Peter Finch. You know, that you have violated the laws of nature. You have transgressed and, you know, you don't understand how the world works. Nations are irrelevant. Corporations are what's important. And explains to them, I have an evangel for you to go out there and give to the people that basically their lives are worthless. The world is run by corporations. They should shut up and quit screwing around with my business deals. And Peter Finch asks, well, why have you chosen me to give your evangel? And he says, because you're on television, dummy. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just that fucking simple. The reason the people on the right have can command attention is because they have their own media. Yep. And that is the only reason anybody takes these bigoted, knuckle-dragging morons seriously. Which is it's why we need their- to take our flip yeah, cams with us everywhere we go. <laughs> I do. I'm on it, blue gal. Yeah. I, yeah. Granted, I film you know kittens and rain, but... It's the Hemingway in me that tries to do that. <laughs> I think the points we're trying to make here at Drift Glass today are kink. Kink is good. Be the media. Walcott is awesome. Walcott is awesome. Be the um, media. The object of a protest is to move policy. So the question becomes, how do you make it most effect? What lens do you have to shine on it to make it pop, to make it real? And the, the answer is media. And, and the answer has always been media. And that's campaign finance reform and media reform are the only issues on that, all else hangs. So, and, and the only way you get people to move off the dime is by is by affecting their pocketbook, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. by making it unbearably economic, and that's true on both sides. Yeah, you know, from yeah. from the the condo association that won't let you hang your dainties outside. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that is absolutely the right and rational thing to do because it might affect property values. To white-owned businesses in the South suddenly going broke because the the black folks in, in, in town won't take the bus and right. won't shop at Woolworths. Mm-hmm. And the white folks don't want to come down there for tourist reasons. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, people get really interested in finding a way to, can't we all get along? Can't we yeah. work this out here? You know, Can't we do a deal? Of course we can. Yeah. You know, Those are eternal verities. But I think that that's uh, our message for the night. Passion is good, whether it be on kink on tap or on the front lines, but make sure it's focused. And use your brain. <laughs> All right, Blue Gal. Sexy. <laughs> it's sexy. Yes. Yeah, make your, that, I think that is the message. Make your protest sexy. Make your protest uh, sexy time, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. throw, a little, throw a little, you know. Well, now as, that we've thrown Lindsay Lohan in jail. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, the man says, the, direct, the, the owner of the, of the studio says in Sullivan's Travels, yeah. Sullivan's pitching him on a movie. It's about heart. It's about soul. It's about social conscience. The head of the studio says, but with a little sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. With okay. a little sex. A little so, sex. Yeah. Which... yeah. Throw a little sex up front and you can get a, uh, sex and money, blue gal. There I think we've goal. returned to the, uh, to, the, to the point source of our conversation. <laughs> All right. It's time we, we, we lock this we thing up. We want to wrap this up. Thank you for listening, everyone. Happy summer. And uh, we want to thank our listeners. You can email us with story ideas. And anything else that's on your mind at DG for Driftglass, BG for Blue Gal, podcast at gmail.com. 
we have a website where you can listen to past episodes for free. There's a player there. Mm-hmm. And that web address is dgbgpodcast.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, our podcast is available on iTunes. Thank you, iTunes listeners, for listening and reviewing. We always love hearing from our listeners. You guys are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an opportunity on our website to contribute money to mm-hmm. support our podcasting efforts. This costs us money, so we appreciate it if you can help us out with a few coins in the hat. The Internet kitties are laying on their back looking at me like we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. you. We're not playing you tonight. It's too hot. Well, that's the problem. When you are when you are the you know local deity... You get shit for all of the, yeah, you know, (laughs) you screwed the weather up, man. Why did you make the weather guys angry? It's not me. You know, once you've assumed power and authority, you really have to take all the crap for all the stuff that happened. So that's why I'm happy, you know, sliding under the radar, just like the Internet Kitties are. So Internet Kitties, stealth us out of here real quiet so nobody notices. podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gal Podcast.